getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today, Nathaniel Hackett took to the podium, uh, dropped a few little pieces of uh, information that were quite newsworthy. Any specific takeaways or things fans who missed the, the podium might need to know? What what was your takeaways? Well, there was an apology on Hackett's part. You know, he apologized for the Buffalo game and the Broncos getting curb stomped. And he goes, uh, that's not who we want to be. That's not who we are. But he also defended himself uh, for not playing Russell Wilson. Doesn't seem like Russell Wilson nor the starters will play in the preseason finale against Minnesota. But he said, I hope you understand come week 17, meaning the end of the regular season, why he chose to do that. He's obviously scared of losing his franchise player or losing more instrumental players on the team like he's already done. And I can't blame him for that. So hopefully he's taking the game film as a learning tool and as a, as a way to grow and get better and fix the flaws that you saw come out on Saturday. Yeah, we're not going to see Russ in the preseason. That doesn't come as much of a surprise to those of us who've been paying attention, right? Uh, Tom Compton, Zach, you have an article up. Turns out not going to be ready anytime in the near, near future. He made it sound like when he's ready down the stretch, it's going to be dang handy having him around. Yeah, I guess in pass pro, but he's pretty awful as a run blocker. Um, Yeah, he's going to be on PUP to start the regular season. And because he was on PUP past the first wave of cuts per NFL rules, he will miss at least the first four regular season games. Uh, So he'll be without a guard slash tackle and Tom Compton. All we have to do, like usual, Chad, is cross our fingers and our toes and hope Billy Turner gets and stays healthy. Sam Bam with a super chat coming in. By the way, Sam Bam. You have a hat coming your way. You should see it, I'm guessing, by the end of this week in your particular neck of the woods, FYI. Thank you for that very generous super chat getting in early. You are a superstar. We love you, big dog. He says, hello, Chad, Zach, Scott, Broncos country. Just got back from Denver for my fantasy leagues. That's right. You went you went big ball or you guys like get together in the Mile High City for your draft. He says, Jay will, so Javante Williams was the only Bronco he got in his fantasy draft. I also saw a Broncos pinball machine at a uh, one-up arcade there. It was awesome. Yeah, that would be a, a cool little piece of Broncos memorabilia to have, an actual Broncos pinball where they're, where they're like player jerseys and like little players and stuff on it. I'd be curious to know, Sam Bam. And Sam, if you have the want to, we also have the Mile High Huddle Fantasy League going on. The draft will be sometime in, in the next few weeks. If you would like in, it's a you know a buy-in league, so a fifty-dollar buy-in uh, redraft league. If you want in, email us milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll save a spot for you. Appreciate you. The Dutch is jumping in with a very generous super. Before we address the super, though, I just want to show you with the updated rankings on Super Chat for he- for this month of August, the last month of the uh, drawing that we're going to do for the MHH meet and greet. Uh, D-Dub currently number one, the Duchess at two. Ethan, a.k.a. DWI guys, three. Gregory Vendeland, who's just been a stud lately at four. And Naj has battled into fifth place with Sam Bam, 
James Richard, Jack Smith, and just a few other names outside the top five. The Duchess, thank you so much, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Appreciate you. Um, I do have a T-shirt on its way to you, FYI. She says, I was very disappointed by our performance in Buffalo. Hope it's not a theme and a preview of future things coming. So we spent a lot of time on this yesterday, and I'm totally down to spend more time on it today. Zach, I know that your view of the preseason, the magnitude of what happened on Saturday is probably quite different. But can you commiserate? Can you can you like get on the fans level who were like a little alarmed in the wake of the last six years seeing what happened in Buffalo? Yeah, I remember what it's like to be just a full-throated fan and just 100% hardcore and super loyal to the team. And, you know, I would want them to play better. I, I hate losing, you know, and I hate getting blown out on top of that. And I think the last few years of the Broncos being such losers and getting blown out in regular season games, that's given fans, and I understand that, some PTSD. So when it happens now in games that don't count, it kind of triggers all those emotions. But if you just take a breath and relax and realize the your Broncos are going to get better from this, it's a learning tool, and better now in late August than in late December than making these mistakes. It's a good thing. It's a blessing in disguise. I promise you that. Andrew, thank you for the stars, bro. And, yes, we're all seeing it. We're seeing it. And uh, hello right back at you, big dog. Uh, Gregory with a very, very generous super. That's two or three Mile High Huddle podcast shows in a row that Gregory has thrown down like a baller. Thank you, Gregory. Thank we'll you. keep an eye out, dude, for yeah. for any specific topics, questions you want us to get to. But uh, offer still stands. We'd love to be able to send you a little something-something as a small thank you for your support. So just we just need an email. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail, with your address t-shirt size and we'll get something out to you bro um all right let's get let's get back to what you were talking about ptsd i think there's a lot of truth to that i mean even myself zach as a died in the wool born and raised i was born and raised a denver broncos fan and then when i got into media you know over time i became significantly more dispassionate about what happens on a, on a game day. Do I want the Broncos to win? Of course I do. But unlike say like circa 2010, Chad Jensen, before I got into media where like my whole week would be dictated on, did the Broncos win? How'd they look on Sunday? You know, by the time you get to say circa 2016, 2017, and I've been in this game for four or five years, I care but I'm not having those butterflies anymore. I'm not having those that surge of adrenaline and this and that. I still want it to happen. Don't get me wrong. But it's when you're covering it every day, all day long, and you're just brrr, I think it just takes some of that out of you. But I felt some of those feelings that Michaela is probably speaking to of like, whoa, wait a minute. Another first time coach. Was this another like grossly overestimated uh, higher in terms of this man's competency. Those are like the doubting thoughts in the back of your mind, right? But what we're telling everybody, and then I'm serving this back over to you, Zach, I, my message to you today is the same message I had to, to for everybody yesterday, and that is there's some concerning things we saw. Thankfully, it's happening now in the second week of the preseason. They got time to fix it. I'm not jumping to any conclusions. That's not absolving anybody but I'm not jumping to conclusions because how many starters did we see, Zach? Uh, yeah, not a lot at all. And, you know, just like I didn't overreact to the Cowboys victory, which was quite convincing on the Broncos part, I'm not going to overreact to a loss. And to what you were saying, it's one thing to come out of Saturday's game and nitpick the backup OL depth or say the Broncos could have tackled better or maybe question their physicality. It's quite another to question whether Nathaniel Hackett was the right choice at head coach after two preseason games. Can we at least let one regular season game play out with all of the starters, with Russell Wilson, the Broncos, uh, the full picture playing out? This is just the rough draft right now in preseason. Can we at least give him that one regular season snap? I just... We've all waited, media, fan base, everyone, for a legitimate head coach or at least an offensive-minded one, progressive-minded one, and a franchise quarterback. The Broncos have both now, and we've waited for five, six years. Can we give it at least until the regular season before we start knee-jerking? Joe, thank you for the stars, bro, on Facebook. Very kind of you. We do appreciate it. Gary Leeds Palmer throwing down some stars as well. Appreciate you, bro. He says, this was a wake-up. It is the preseason. 
Go Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah, there were a lot of things that I'm not going to sign off on. I'm not going to condone. I'm not going to condone how easy it was to push the Broncos twos and threes around on the defensive line. I'm not going to condone how sloppy and um, what's the word? Untechnical, undisciplined. The linebackers were missing tackles, inability to get off blocks. I'm not going to condone the offensive lines like sheer inability to block for more. I mean, they can't even get two yards per carry. All right. I'm not going to excuse that stuff. But what I am going to tell you is it's probably going to look significantly different when it's Russell Wilson under center. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Garoppolo's Dalton Reisner, you know, the whole starting lineup on offense, that run game is likely to look significantly different. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Defensively, I got to be honest with you, most of my misgivings from what I saw yesterday that are lasting are what I saw on defense because that's where it looked like they kind of gave up. Offense kept kind of fighting. That wasn't really getting them edge, you know, anywhere until Brett Rippon kind of came along at the end. But, Zach, it was defensively where it seemed like they gave up the ghost. Yeah, I wouldn't excuse any of it, but I would put an asterisk, asterisk, I can never say that word, next to the loss. And underneath that, I would say, did not count slash preseason. I mean, it's it's a glorified practice preseason games, and you have a head coach who's on the record as saying he doesn't like playing in it. But yeah, I mean, again, wake me on September 13th. The Broncos lose in week one in Seattle, and they can't stop the run. They can't run the ball. Their offense doesn't get going. The defense can't tackle. I just want to see. Call me crazy. I want to see this Broncos team with all their starters and an open playbook. Y'all are naive if you think the Broncos are giving anything away to any team over the course of preseason. They're purposely holding back and pulling their players back. They're saving it for week one. There was half a Green Day lyric in what you just said. Wake me up. When September ends, that's right. Only, only we're saying when September starts, or you know, like what is it? September fourteenth is that the first game? Twelfth, the the twelfth. Okay, the Duchess says, but how bad is our O line? Thank you for the super chat and the D line too. It's hard to say. This is part of what's frustrating me, Zach. Is you know, I knew that depth wise, once you got past Natani Muti, Graham Glasgow. Who do you? What is there depth-wise on the offensive line? And that's really all we've seen. We saw Calvin Anderson, who's not. If the Broncos have their way, he's not going to be seeing the field in September and beyond. We got to see some Quinn Miners yes uh, Saturday, and that dude was wrecking shop. Only a few snaps, but when he was on the field, you could see. Okay, yeah, that guy's a starter. Uh, I don't know what this whole line is going to look like. I think it is going to. Even with the starter, Zach, I'm just telling you, I think it's going to take some time for that O-line to gel in this new scheme in the wide zone. I think it will take a little bit of time. That's why fans, again, should not jump to conclusions. This team's going to take a few weeks to gel once the regular season rolls around, especially with the first-teamers coming in cold, no no preseason like live bullet reps. I think it's going to be a little bit slower going at first than a lot of fans maybe want to see. Unfortunately, we did see we did have to see Calvin Anderson and the likes of Cameron Fleming and Zach Johnson, you know, but fortunately, we're not going to have to see them come week one. 
because they're not starters. They're backups, and they're backups for a reason. And the Broncos can use this game to determine who on that O-line, and there are many candidates, deserve to be cut before tomorrow's cut-down deadline. I look for Zach Johnson to hopefully be one of them, considering he was that bad. So let's just, again, Michaela, reserve our judgment for week one when you have the full five out there, hopefully including Billy Turner at right tackle. And the defensive line depth, Zach, for what it's worth, I have no faith in it. I like the upside of Henningsen. I like the upside of Uwazarike. I don't think they're like, I don't think they're ready to go out of the gates, either one of them. So once you get past Deshaun, the Jones brothers, that's your starting lineup today. There's Mike Purcell. That was two rookies and then a pretty precipitous drop off. So I'm a little bit concerned. And like we talked about yesterday, I mean, look at the Bills. How many was it, Scott? 16 on the on the D-line depth chart currently. So when they got to make their cuts, that's one of the first places I'm looking to bolster the Broncos D-line. Yes, and Phil, thank you for the stars, bro. He says, I will judge this team after September. That. We might not be able to even judge them until after Halloween or Thanksgiving, like Chad said, and we've been saying for a while. It's It wasn't ever going to be perfect. It wasn't ever going to be flawless. It wasn't ever going to be without pitfalls and hiccups and speed bumps. Those are all part of the process when you have a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, and especially when you're installing new schemes, playing second and third teamers exclusively. So yes, let it play out. The Broncos are still going to have a winning record. They're still going to probably be, I think, a, a playoff team playing deep into January, but let that let that process play out. You know, it's not the journey, it's the destination. And the destination for the Broncos is the postseason for the first time in a half decade. I mean, Russell Wilson is a franchise quarterback, and he's going to cover a lot of holes for you. He's going to cover a lot of holes for you. And I think, for what it's worth, if this team does end up having as, as many holes depth-wise as it appears they do after two preseason games, by the time you get to the playoffs, Zach, and I do think I still think this is a team that's playoff bound. That's where the depth thing can maybe bite you if you're not. I mean, it kind of it takes elite depth to go the distance. Even in those Denver or the Peyton Manning years, where the Broncos were going deep into the playoffs and they got to two Super Bowls and won one. I mean, Super Bowl forty eight, for example, they were missing what was it, uh, six or seven starters on defense, but they still managed to get through that playoff gauntlet and to the Super Bowl. They ended up losing, but you got to have elite depth if you're going to go the distance because, Zach, now it's a, it's all it was already a long-as-hell season for football players, uh, especially relative to a college season. Then, you know, you add a game, you got to have that depth, and only time's going to tell exactly how deep this team really is. But basing it completely, Zach, off what we've seen in two preseason games is a little premature, but I got to tell you, on D-line and O-line specifically – and at corner, as far as depth, I'm not impressed. Buffalo is probably the deepest team in the NFL. I mean, it's, we just talked about their D-line depth and the bodies they have there. Uh, the scouting and the, and the coaching has been terrific in Buffalo, and that's why they're legitimate Super Bowl favorites. So if the one conclusion we can draw from this game without overreacting is that the Broncos are net not yet on the Buffalo Bills level, if they are not as deep as the Buffalo Bills roster, I'm fine with that. Who expected the Broncos to be a dynasty from week one? Not I. I was realistic. So was Chad. So was pretty much everyone on this network. It was going to be um, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. This is one of the valleys. Let's see how the Broncos respond. Let's see how Nathaniel Hackett coaches the uh, preseason finale, considering he's treating this game like a real game week. So hopefully the physicality and intensity is ratcheted up another level. Andrew, good to see you, buddy. He says there's a lot of hype and scrutiny at the same time, but it's the best team we've seen in five years. So this Broncos squad, hashtag MHH for life and let's ride. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, it's definitely by virtue of Russell Wilson's presence, it's easily the best team we've seen since Super Bowl 50. But now they got to go out there and really kind of forge an identity beyond just, hey, Russ is our quarterback. Like, what are you going to be offensively? We still don't know. I mean, we see... We see artifacts, Zach, of the Nathaniel Hackett offense, but we're just seeing like the basic looks. He's not he's saving that stuff for the season. So we kind of have an idea, all right, of what the offense is going to be. But in its fullness, we still don't know. Defensively, same thing. Individual performances, which trickles into a complete collective performance over time, weren't good. But Zach, at the same time, we know as Euro Evero. He's not trying to stunt. He's not trying to bring pressure. He's not trying to do anything too gangster 
that opponents are going to see on film in the preseason and try and use against them in the in the regular season. Where was this energy, though, when the Broncos handled the Cowboys quite easily? I mean, they weren't getting the same positive publicity as they are in the negative publicity for the Bills' loss. And if we want to go by preseason, I mentioned this before, but the Rams last year were winless in preseason. The Broncos were undefeated. Last year, the Jaguars blew out the Cowboys. One team had the number one overall pick. The other team was in the playoffs. It means absolutely nothing. Good teams get better from games like this. Gary, on the upside, Hackett got a good look at those guys, and I'm sure he is addressing it. Yeah, I mean, how often do you see a head coach apologize for anything, let alone the performance of a team in a preseason game too? But that's how bad it was. I got to tell you, that's how bad the Broncos looked. It warranted the coach saying something. Now, Vic Fangio, he would have stood up there and gaslit you and and tried to make it sound like it wasn't bad. Uh, But Hackett, to his credit, stood up there – uh, today and and took it on the chin and said that was bad I apologize we're gonna fix it these were all things that we loved about Nathaniel Hackett that we raved about after he was hired that we were breathing those sighs of relief because he's no longer uh, the Broncos are no longer a team run by Vic Fangio and now it doesn't matter because they lost one preseason game I just I, I wish we can fast forward until week one, the Seattle game. When the Broncos play their full collection of starters. They're unleashing both playbooks and their full bore for a game that matters. I think they're going to look a lot differently than they did on Saturday. Silent One says, Chad and Zach, what is the plan at tight end? I think it's becoming clear that Albert O is in the doghouse and therefore probably not the starter. I don't think he's in the doghouse, no. But I do think that he has very much unimpressed Hackett with his blocking. And uh, I mean, well, let me back it up for a second, Zach. Knowing what Hackett said post game that he needs the reps, like he's a guy that needed the reps. They did keep him in their second most reps at tight end yesterday was Alberto behind only Dylan Parham, the undrafted rookie. What's your answer for silent one? It's either that they legitimately want to get him the snaps like Nathaniel Hackett said, or they're looking to trade him because you you play starters that deep into the preseason and meaningless uh, games if you want to put them on the trade market. And look what the, the Raiders did today with Kenny and Drake. I read mm-hmm. that every other Raiders running back uh, was um, inactive for the game the other day, and he was the only one who played, and now he's released or he's on the trade market, whatever's going on with him. So, I- College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I could see it going both ways, but that's on to what you said, Chad. That's on Nathaniel Hackett. That's on the coaching realizing he is never going to be an expert blocker. He is never going to be more than likely an all-around George Kittle type of tight end. What he is, though, is a great receiving weapon who showed tremendous continuity with uh, Russell Wilson in OTAs. If you use him correctly, you have another weapon there. I wouldn't jump ship just yet. What's crazy is this dude's six foot five, 258 pounds. If he wanted to master blocking as a tight end, he's got the physical wherewithal to do it. It's between the ears. It's a want to thing. You know, he's like, no, I want to play basketball and just catch passes, you know, basically. No, 
you're going to have, if you want staying power here on a West Coast offense at tight end, you want to, I mean, look at George Kittle. George Kittle mastered blocking and was already a badass receiver, right? But he made it a point to master the art of the block so that he never has to leave the field. And not only that, Zach, but because of that, when he's on the field, it's not a tell to the opponent what's probably coming next on this snap. Right now, when Albert O's on the field, if it's a regular season opponent, Zach, they're going, oh, Albert O's on the field, all right, uh, pass. Because unless it's a specific kind of run that isn't, you know, where he's not the fulcrum to it working or whatever, I just think he needs to continue uh, to really, really prioritize that in his repertoire, but it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen right now in 2022. So how do you utilize Alberto? You use him on third down. You use him as a dummy and a decoy occasionally. So what then is the plan at tight end? Zach, to, to go back to that question, you got Greg Dulcich, you got the Eric's, right? Sobert and Tomlinson, Andrew Beck, Parham. I was I was actually semi-impressed by his toughness in that game. Dylan Parham, the undrafted rookie. Yeah, I mean, you said something I was going to say where it's like, yeah, maybe Alberto can can grow into that full body tight end and uh, he can develop if you commit to him. But right now he is not that. And right now you have to maximize his abilities. But if you don't want to give it away, how about some 22 personnel? You put him and Dulcich on the field and Melvin Gordon and Javante on the field. That's the threat of the run and the pass. So there is a definite role for Alberto if the Broncos want to use him. But it is curious that he was the biggest name player on the roster to be playing that deep into the preseason. It seemed like the Broncos have something up their sleeve one way or the other. Colby, hold tight for one second and I'm going to grab you. Actually, I'll, gra- I'll I'll handle this business after we grab Colby. I got one matter of business we got to get to. Colby, see Collier throwing down some stars. Appreciate that, buddy. He says, I am so ready for the season to start. Except, before you know it, week six will be here. Then we'll be waiting for the Super Bowl. Let's ride and go Broncos. Zach, Peyton Manning gave it any team he was on automatic entry, basically. They still had to do the work, but it was like, hey, if you do the work, Brock has been doing the work the last six years. It availed them not. With Peyton, it was known. If you do the work, you're getting to the playoffs. Is Russell Wilson that automatic in your mind? No, because he's not as good as Peyton Manning. And I'm a big Russell Wilson guy, but Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady's, the Joe Montana's, they're in a class of their own. So that's that would be an insult to Peyton Manning to compare him to Russell Wilson, quite frankly. But I think he's an automatic entrant into the postseason if you keep the team around him healthy and you utilize Russell Wilson like he should be utilized. So I wouldn't say they're Super Bowl favorites, which is why I'm not surprised they lost a preseason game to the best team in the NFL. But I would say the Broncos are heavy favorites to make the wild card round at least and then go from there. Guys, today's live stream podcast brought to you by the merch store. That's right, huddleuppod.com. Head on over there and get your swag on. You may have noticed if you've been there over the last two or three days that we completely redid our entire pricing uh, matrix to drop the prices. Everything is significantly cheaper. So if you've been peeping some stuff over the last, I don't know, two, three months, uh, whatever prices you remember in your mind's eye, they're significantly cheaper now, lots of new designs. Go check it out, huddleuppod.com. Another great way to support what we do here at Mile High Huddle. Uh, I would say, Zach, he's a near guarantee. Russell Wilson is a near guarantee. Like, I would – no, 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 no. I'm going to say that if Russell Wilson's healthy, you're going to the playoffs. Is it quite on the same level as Peyton? No, and I'll agree with you on that. But Russell Wilson, 10 years a starter, eight times playoffs – I'm going to say if he's healthy, you're going to the playoffs. I'm trying to remember which season besides last year it was off the top of my head that the Seahawks missed the, the postseason with Russ. And if there was any kind of um, you know injury context to that. But I feel good about it. You, you keep Russ healthy. The bottom line, what I'm getting at here, if you keep Russ healthy, your likelihood of going to the playoffs, maybe this doesn't exactly pass muster, but it's like 80%. 80% odds of going to the playoffs if you keep him healthy because he's gone to the playoffs 80% of the time he's been a starter. Yeah, I mean, if you rank him what he is and what most people think he is, at least is uh, the eighth best quarterback in the NFL. And when you have the eighth best quarterback, that's pretty much a guaranteed ticket to the postseason. So, yeah, keep him healthy, keep him upright and utilize him to the best of his abilities. I, you know, he's had better defenses around him, Chad, the Legion of Boom and in Seattle, but I don't think he's had a better offensive supporting cast. And I say that even without 
Tim Patrick at wide receiver, just the amount of different weapons he has and the different ways they can use him with a, a coach like Nathaniel Hackett. I'm right there with you. I think we agree on that. You keep Russell Wilson on the field for 17 games, you will be playing January football. Scott put in the chat here between the three of us, I bet you Alberto was a wide receiver in high school. He was. <laughs> Shocker. Marcus Lewis Hanna from across the pond. What's good, brother? He says, hey, guys, respect you and Zach and love to all the Broncos family in the U.S. of A, or as Borat would say, the U.S. and A. And also here in the UK. You like my Borat, my Borat impression? <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Marcus, you the man, dude. Appreciate you, bro. Um, yeah, soft, outgrew the position. Yep. Albert O, when you become 6'5 and 258 freaking pounds, the coaches are going, you're going to learn how to block, son. And uh, so far, it hasn't gone all that well. Uh, Andrew Baker says, I heard a lot about the interior D-line struggling. Do we bring in someone or hold on to playing with the lead and it's not a problem. No, no, no. It's a problem, dude. It's a problem because those big guys get rotated a lot. They can't, you can't keep three, 300 pound dudes on the D line who are exploding off the ball every time on the field uh, the entire time. It's different for the O line. Those guys don't leave the field unless they get hurt because they're not always exploding off the ball. D linemen always are exploding off the ball, so they get winded. So what that means is you're going to need depth. The Broncos currently do not have depth on the D-line. I'm sorry. Outside of Mike Purcell, if you're looking for proven commodities or even like strong reason to believe you're going to be okay, Matt Hanningson is the best thing you've got in terms of those parameters, Zach. And I'm basing that off of one impressive game against Dallas in the preseason. The second one, solid. But he too was getting blown off the ball. Like the entire Broncos D-line, you could have driven a small SUV through most of the holes those Bills O-linemen were, were generating. So I think they got to find someone. They got to bring in some guys, Zach. That's, that's a position they got to churn, unfortunately, a little bit here when the cuts start coming in. Yeah, do not be surprised if uh, George Payton makes a move at offensive line or along the defensive line. They, I think they need someone between those two positions because even with the healthy bodies they have, it's just not cutting it out there. The younger players need more time like Awuzurike and Henningsen, uh, and they don't really have any veterans besides Draymond and DJ that are like high caliber. So, yeah, I w wouldn't be surprised they had a body there. But who? That's the thing. But who? Yeah. Legendary figure in our community, Albert Knopper, saying, do you think – Henningsen will be playing and maybe could he even start Zach this year I mean barring injury what do you foresee the path first of all is he making the roster yeah. second of all what's his role oh he's making the. I, I don't see how you spend a draft pick on him and he looks at least relatively good on film through two games and everyone else is not looking that good he's definitely making the roster as a backup I don't see him as a starter full-time I think he needs at least a year before he even considers that but yeah, he's going to be seeing some rotational snaps, some backup snaps will be on the field quite a bit when they go to certain packages. But though, you know, if they bring in someone like we were just talking about, that would uh, decrease the snaps that Henningsen would get in all likelihood. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Colby says, we have to be more competitive in the division to make the playoffs. Word. 
we need to split with the Chiefs and probably sweep one of the other two teams to get it done. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. I do think regardless, like nothing I've seen this summer has moved me off of my position, Zach, that the Broncos are going to snap the streak against the Chiefs this year. Like Russell Wilson, by by virtue of like sheer will, is not going to get swept by the Patrick Mahomes this year. It's going to be the throwdown in uh, downtown. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a clash of the Titans. I can't wait for those games. Unfortunately, they're in the second or the final quarter of the season. Both of them against the Chiefs. But uh, how are you feeling about these AFC West opponents, Zach? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the first game against Kansas City is that Denver game in primetime. I think that's when the streak will end, so I can't wait for that. But I'm not as scared uh, of Justin Herbert as the national media would want to make you believe. I'm not scared of Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. The Broncos playing what we think is their brand of football. If Russell Wilson is a top eight quarterback, Nathaniel Hackett is a a top end play caller. They get the issues cleaned up on defense and the running game. There is no reason why they can't go toe to toe with every team in the league, including those in the division. I think three and three is a floor for the Broncos this year. Miguel says, thank you, by the way, Miguel. Appreciate you, big dog. Scott made a good point this morning on Broncos for breakfast, which by the way, co-hosted this morning by Kim Becker. Uh, at looking at Buffalo's waiver wire in the coming weeks. Well, let's get specific on that. 16 D linemen currently on their roster. He's saying because they're running a 4-3, Scott, his opinion, they'll probably keep nine. So maybe five of those guys, Zach, end up available on the cutting room floor when it's all said and done. And, uh, you know, the Bills will probably try and keep or stash one or two of those or on the practice squad. I don't know. But if I'm George Payton and I witnessed what I witnessed Saturday night in upstate New York. I'm definitely making a note in the old day planner, waiver wire, scour, bills, cuts, period. Yeah, but are we doing it because they beat the Broncos? Because they're the Bills. I mean, you have to look at every player and see if they're a scheme fit. But yeah, For I'm sure. sure George Payton made a note of that. And uh, anyone who fits the scheme uh, can help the Broncos defensive line at this point. Unfortunately, they're not going to cut. The Bills are Gregory Rousseau, who just dominated the Broncos tackles on Saturday. But maybe they'll find a hidden gem otherwise. Yes. Uh, the Duchess saying, any options out there? And thank you again for that super chat. What's that? Four? Number four tonight? This is why you are the Duchess. She says, any options out there for us on the D-line and O-line? Um, there are, but none of them are that intriguing. We, we went through this um, last night. I'm happy to do it at least a cursory uh, glance over it again, Zach. We looked at the D-line last night. We didn't look at the O-line. I could pull that up on yeah. spot track. but Malik Jackson was one name, and uh, Malcolm Brown's another name. I think Malik McDowell is out there someone, so, uh, somewhere. Excuse me. I was one the of the o- Knicks' former draft crushes, by the way, Malik McDowell, but go on. Yeah. The O-line, though, I don't know. I mean, at tackle, you have Bobby Massey. I don't know if he's a scheme fit for Butch Berry, but – there's not a lot right now on August 22nd. You might want to wait for cuts to come out or even think of a trade uh, for another team's offensive lineman, but those who can play are on a roster for a reason. All right, here's your, here's your, here's your assist, Michaela, because it's you, because we love you. Here's your top available offensive lineman, all right? This is not like change per position. It's just O-line, okay? Nate Solder, J.C. Treader, he of the uh, NFLPA president fame. Brian Bulaga, notice a theme with those first three guys. They're all over 30. Eric Flowers, who I liked coming out from Miami, but that dude is like a sieve as far as pass blocking. He can wreck shop as a run blocker, but old Matt Paradis, all right, over 30. Uh, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif, he's out there. Eric Fisher is unsigned. Uh, Daryl Williams, Trey Hopkins. Anyone jumping out here, Zach? Marcus Cannon? Brandon Shell played with Russell Wilson in Seattle. He plays right tackle, but I think they worked him out, didn't they? They did. A few months ago. They didn't sign him for, I guess, a reason. Yeah. Um, Massey's still out there, but again, 33. Uh, (laughs) 40-year-old Jason Peters. Yeah, dude. That guy is just... There was a time I wanted him on the Broncos so bad a few years ago. Hey, look, Max Garcia is out there, <laughs> former fourth-round pick of this team, 2015. We can pretty much X out of the page, then. Um, there yeah, is one so, name. 
Chase Wellner reminded me of in the side chat, uh, according to, uh, I think it was uh, someone, NFL Network, I'll say, the Patriots are taking calls on Isaiah Wynn, their newly converted right tackle. He's on a really? fifth-year option, yeah, former first-round pick, making $10 million bucks, but it wouldn't take more, I think, than a late-round draft pick if they want to make that move. So something to keep in mind. Would you give up Albert O for him? I don't think you'd have to. I think a fifth or a sixth would do it. Joe says, one or two, uh, one or two surprises on cut day. I wouldn't be surprised if we see who's cut by other teams and Peyton makes a move. Oh yeah, you'll definitely see some of that, big dog. But Zach, if there's a surprise cut coming for the Denver Broncos on the final cut down day, because if there's a big surprise, that's when it'll be. Anything that jumps out to you? Because nothing really sticks out as like a bona fide surprise where we'd be like, oh, we didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think this next round is not going to be all that exciting. It's the the cut to 53 that you're going to see some names uh, hit the waiver wire. I don't know, you know, every single team's roster and they're all 90 players, but I'd be willing to say that not a lot's going to come out of uh, tomorrow's round of cuts. Quentin, appreciate you. Who would you guys keep as a four and five in the wide receiver group? Well, four, that's Montrell. Yeah, that's locked in in stone like it is written in the stars moses went up the mountain came down it's on that tablet montrell maketh the roster uh but five and if they probably and i do think they will keep six who do you like for those other two slots if kendall hinton's the obvious name even though i know you're not a big fan of his uh development as a wide receiver or lack thereof brandon johnson was the one guy i thought after the cowboys game that had to make the 53 and then right after that in practice he had another great catch so i think he's still on there even though he was kind of invisible against the bills and then you have seth williams those kind of players tyree cleveland who's uh doing some light work at practice it's just a, a mishmash of bottom roster guys. So I will say Kendall Hinton and Brandon Johnson for five and six, if they keep six. I'm going to say, and this is not just for the sake of, you know, uh, wedge. My answer is entirely different. I'm going to say Seth Williams, Jalen Virgil. Although coaches just love them. Some Kendall Hinton, dude. Kendall Hinton, just something about him. Maybe it's that heart. We know he's got big heart. I mean, to accept the brief that was given him. What was that, Zach? Week 14, 2020, I want to say. Hey, guess what, wide receiver that hasn't played quarterback for like three years in your real life. We need you to play quarterback against not just like some schlub team. Like you're going against the New Orleans Saints that was still tip-top shape. I mean, without Breeze, but still tip-top shape. So – that's why they love him. He's big heart. And if he didn't have the brain to handle such a curveball, um, they wouldn't have called on him. Uh, so I can see it. I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't hate Kendall Hinton. Don't get me wrong here. I think there's a lot to like about him in terms of big splash and twitch. And I just, I think Seth checks that box, Zach, for the possession component you lost with Tim. And then Virgil, man, he's twitched out. That guy has really excited me in, through two games. Kendall Hinton to you is Melvin Gordon to me. We all have one <laughs> every single year. Here's my thing. You know, I could see Hinton being left off. I can see Hinton being traded, the Hall of Famer that he is. Jalen Virgil, though, while he's been impressive, you have two Jalen Virgils on the roster already. Montrell and KJ Hamler, speed guys. You need a possession receiver. That's where I think Brandon Johnson comes in, but could be Seth Williams, too. We'll see. Michael, appreciate you, buddy. It's great to see one of our legendary community members here in the chat tonight. He asks, should Brett Rippon start preseason game three, Zach, or should Denver still start Josh Johnson? Easy answer, Brett Rippon. And not only did he look better against the Bills than Josh Johnson, you haven't given Rippon a chance to start a game. So if you want a fair backup competition, let him duke it out against the Vikings backups and then go from there. I was going to say, I echo that. He's earned it. I think he earned the opportunity to be given one start. I get it. You wanted to roll with the veteran first, and you liked what you saw, so he started the second one. But in the second one, he was outclipped by Rippon. So now in, in the interest of fairness and what's right, and it also sends a message to the locker room, right? Like if you play, you move up. If you play well, you rise up the depth chart. You know, Rippon was one of the few guys that brought his lunch pail to work in, in Buffalo. Reward him. Do what's right. Let him start that one. But we don't yet know for sure who it's going to be. 
It was lunch from a vending machine. It wasn't exactly a four-course <laughs> meal, but, you know, yeah, he definitely earned the opportunity. And I, I think all things being equal, you'd want Brett Rippon to win the battle because he at least has some upside versus a 35-, 6-year-old quarterback who's been on 20 different teams. So I think Brett's definitely earned the shot against Minnesota. Karen Haynes throwing down a super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, Karen. Appreciate that. She says, I'll be at the game this weekend. What will I be seeing then? Well, you're going to be seeing a Broncos squad in their own house and going against a significantly less frightening opponent than the Buffalo Bills in the Minnesota Vikings. So I think you're going to see a pretty good show. I, I, I think you're going to be – plus I think you're going to see uh, Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff going back to the drawing board on, yo, what, what, how did we miss – what did we miss in the motivating our guys department? Because they just weren't motivated. Say anything else, Broncos, twos and threes, in Buffalo, just they weren't motivated. You didn't see that want to, that intensity. That it's one thing to get your ass kicked, right? But like, are you fighting back uh, with like a full heart and like full intensity? And Denver just didn't seem to have that. I think they will have that this time around. So I think you will be entertained, Karen. Something tells me they'll be up for the game against George Payton's former team, just like they were last preseason. And what you'll be seeing, Karen, at that game is a lot of Kellen Mond for the Vikings, and that's a good thing for the Broncos' defense. I was a Mond fan of him when he came out of college, Chad, but my God, has he looked terrible as a pro. Uh, Phil says, one positive in both games, special teams. That's right. Yep. We, we talked about this today on the radio show, Zach. Special teams, that is definitely one of the positives today uh coming out of both games um so tip your cap to Dwayne Stukes it feels like a competent human once again is running Denver's third phase Albert says great show again as always thank you buddy can you post a link to the radio show here yeah I'll, I'll take care of that for you no problem Zach I want to get this other one real quick from silent one what did you guys think about the news coming out this weekend that Derek Carr was the quarterback Tom Brady said when he was you know choosing I guess free agents you know our teams as a free agent right and he chose you want that guy you want that freaking guy over me? Uh, I hadn't heard that yet, Zach, but what what say you? You haven't heard about the Dana White bombshell? That... No, I haven't, but I was out and about today. I'm looking for I'm, – I'm trying to buy a car for uh, my kid, my boy. There was going to be a Brady-Gronk package deal to Vegas that John Gruden nixed. That's the that was the whole story behind that. So yeah, there was the mystery quarterback that Tom Brady kind of slandered. We all thought it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Turned out to be Derek Carr. So pretty funny. FTR. That is, that is funny. Oh Gruden. Well, thank thank the football yeah, gods. Gruden was uh, unwise enough to take you know unwise enough to actually look that gift horse in the mouth. Uh, Garth Knight jumping in with a super chat. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Connect with us on Twitter. It says, hey, I heard MHH was considered uh, considering a get-together for those who will be in Seattle for the Monday night game. Where would this take place if it happens? It, it's a very it, – it's under consideration. There are no plans right now just for what it's worth, Garth. Appreciate that super chat. What happened is we're doing our meet and greet, our official meet and greet week three, uh, of course, uh, in Denver against the Niners Sunday night football. But unfortunately – Nick is unable to make it. And so I was talking to Nick during that conversation where it was made official. He wasn't going to be able to make it. He's like, but I am going to the Seattle game. So maybe, you know, we could do some kind of like meet and greet here. I don't know. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll hop on a plane and fly there. If there's enough interest in our community of fans that live in Seattle, that will be there. So we put a poll out on YouTube and um, we're still kind of formulating what we're going to do on that car. So just stay tuned. As long as you're subbed on YouTube and you're tuning into the streams each night, you will know what we ultimately decide to do there. I have a sudden hankering to watch Wayne's World now. Party on, Garth. <laughs> That's right, dude. Party on. Party on. If you're going to spew, <laughs> spew into this. All right. That's two impressions tonight. Man. Yeah. All Spot right. on both times. <laughs> uh, Zach, I think we've covered all the ground we want to cover tonight. If... Uh, you want to go through the thing? I'm a bobber. We'll we'll say goodnight to everybody. How is it at 43 minutes already? Y'all make this so fun. Time literally flies by when we're on here. But that was the Mile High Huddle podcast for this evening, Monday, August 22nd. We are back off, uh, back on anyway, on Thursday evening, same time, same place. Until that time, though, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. 
the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, uh, Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys haven't heard or haven't seen, check this out, huddleuppod.com. Get yourself some merch. These hats are super nice. Chad and I can both vouch. Very comfortable, super efficient, fast shipping, good quality. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Look at that. Look at that stitching right there. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yours right now. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And guys, gals, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of the merch each and every month. But if you can't do those things, as you see ticking below you now, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really, really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Just like you, baby. And we love each and every one of you uh, making this possible every single night. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook throwing down stars this evening. GLP, that's Gary Leeds Palmer, but you all knew that. Andrew Lampy, Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, Joe Anthony, Andrew Baker, Quentin Carson, Miguel Santistevan, Marcus Lewis, Hannah Across the Pond, and our great Super Chat superstars, starting with The Duchess, Sam Bam, Gregory, uh, Karen, and Garth Knight. Much love and respect. We'll... Uh, well, you know, we are off tomorrow, but you've got Broncos for breakfast. Is Nick back, Scott? Nick's back for that, right? Yeah. So Broncos for breakfast, building the Broncos, and then us sandwiched in the middle, 2 p.m. I'd put the link in the chat. If you're not in Denver, let not your hearts be troubled. You can still listen to the Mile High Huddle Show with Zach and myself every weekday, 2 p.m., all right, on Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM. The link is in the chat. You just got to turn on the link, bookmark it. Two o'clock, you're going to hear us. And just to continue, Wednesday is beckoning the Broncos in the morning. Wednesday evening is Mile High Insiders. Thursday, is there Broncos for breakfast yeah. on Thursday? Yeah. Yes. So I was. it's so tough to keep up with all the shows nowadays. And we are back on Thursday evening, same time, same place. Have a great start and middle of your week. We'll see you Thursday evening. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 